Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the Michael Jordan of Amateur Cricket Podcasting, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Next up, the man in outrageous behaviour, seen him dubbed the Dennis Rodman of Cricket Podcasting. Welcome, Ross. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Just got back. I've been AWOL for 48 hours. Didn't go to training for the podcast this week. So <laughs> uh, next up is the Luke Longley of the Mid-Off podcast team because he's big, white, and often forgot about. Hello, Alex. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, the, when you mentioned the um, the Michael Jordan amateur cricket podcasting that alludes to the fact that there probably is professional cricket podcasters out there somewhere. So I'm I still sure have someone hope. that's monetized their podcast and is actually making money. They do it for a living or just get paid? Yeah, probably get paid, not the living. Yeah, part yeah. yeah. <laughs> time model sort of yeah. style. Part time podcaster. <laughs> part time model. So Instagram models are models because they get money for putting up um pretty little things posts and all that type of stuff. Um. Yeah. And finally, the Scotty Pippen of the Mid-Off podcast, mainly because he doesn't think he's being paid enough. Welcome, David. Well, that's 100% true. Um, <laughs> and also, I feel like I feel like this podcast as a whole, we could probably liken it to the Benjamin Button of podcasts. So generally, the longer it went on, um, well, let's just say... That the older this podcast gets, the shitter it gets. So it's not getting any younger. Um, okay. Yeah. It's, but Benjamin Button got younger as he ages, though. Yeah. yeah so I'm sorry, we're probably the reverse Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Button. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah. We're just getting absolutely shit as we get further into it. Yeah. So like aging, normal aging. <laughs> Except yeah, for wine. Reverse yeah. Benjamin Button. We're the reverse yeah, the wine. We're, we're the reverse Asian. wine of podcasting. <laughs> so we're the, we're the Simpsons of podcasting as it goes along. Yeah. Uh, more and more people think go. it's getting shit. That's yeah. better. Yeah. All righty. So did you just reuse the same intros as last week, Nuts? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't rewrite them. Did <laughs> Love it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, no one will know. No one listens anyway. They wouldn't have known. I barely picked up on it. I would have got away with that until you pointed it out. I would have got away with it. You got that. If it wasn't for you pesky kids, I would have fucking got away with it. Okay, so welcome one and all. (laughs) Welcome one and all to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. So we're going to start off a little bit of cricket news. So, um... Bit of a story doing the rounds at the moment. Well, it's not really doing the rounds. I just read it on Twitter. But according, actually, I read it on the CA's website, according to my notes. Uh, according to uh, the oh, website. still the rounds. Yeah, according to the website, Big Dumb Paddo is close to signing a long-term deal, which will see him leave the Brisbane Heat. And he'll go back to where he started mm-hmm. his BBL career, the Melbourne Renegades. So Big Dumb Paddo is going to be back in yeah. red, playing at the uh, Marvel Stadium. <laughs> so that'll be, I think he's, He's amongst. He's the third player to have been to be leaving the heat. So it's himself, Renshaw, and Ben Cutting have all left. And as we know, uh, hanging with Mister Culture Problems, and who was the other one that went up there? Wildermuff, I think, went up to the heat from the Renegades. There's a bit oh, of swapping going from, on there. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's so he's from the heat. The rumor is um, there's another big he's name player that will be leaving the heat, but hog. it hasn't been named yet. So. Keep your eyes out. Who do you reckon it might be? Oh, Chris Lynn will go to Sydney Sixers, I reckon. Christian? Yeah. I'll say De Villiers retired. Yeah, maybe De Villiers. 
Maybe De Villiers is going to the... Barry um, McCullum. Yeah, De Villiers might go to the Scorchers to play with Mitch Marshall. I heard they once were in an airport together, <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and it's closer to home too, so we can fly back and yeah, forth that's to play it. games. So yeah. It makes it easier. Yeah, it doesn't get sore hammies from being on the plane for too long. <laughs> yeah. 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 They play a away game in your trouble. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> if he has to go down, if he has to go down to see for you, have a bit of drama. But that's all right. Um, <laughs> Casey Fields, where? What the fuck's a Casey? <laughs> city of what? Compton. <laughs> all right, Greater so... city of Casey, greater. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing greater about the city of Casey. Anyway, so. <laughs> So from the BBL, we'll move on to the Shields. So um, as we know, the Shields in the hub at the moment. The Victorians are in quarantine. So they actually, there's a bit, the round started the last couple of days. We're going to touch on it next week when it's completed. But the Victorians and the New South Welshmen are not involved due to them going into quarantine later due to, I don't know, dumb fuckery or something like that. So it's going to result in them possibly, the, the word is the Victorians are requested to only play two games in Adelaide, not the four that the other Ooh. states are meant to be playing. So we'll see how that all plays out. I don't see how that's going to work because everyone's going to be playing the same amount of games to get the season going. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the Victorians there. That's a developing story, which we'll just have to keep an eye on. So do they just not like Karen Rulton? I don't know. They just don't want to play at the Roots. But they just oh, fuck around South Australia, to yeah. be honest. The thing I don't get, bud, is if... Um, this is true, like all of us. If they're in quarantine and... New South Wales in quarantine. Why can't they both play each other whilst in quarantine and keep away from everyone mm. else? Like, kind of yeah, like uh, what's been happening in the footy. Like, Collingwood went to Perth and played West Coast while they were both considered in quarantine together. Like, I mean, I think so it played Geelong originally when they went over earlier in the year. So, I think it's um because the match referees aren't quarantined. Oh, okay. Yeah, no match so referee bubble. They don't they're have on a, yeah, they're the on boys' a, bubble. Yeah. A law onto their own. <laughs> yeah. It raised a good point, Mick, because the grounds are biosecure or something. Because um, there's a mesh fence around it. Yeah, that's it. Security guards just sleep cloth. on a fucking yeah. plastic chair. It has, it has um, as you know, the bunting, the uh, little orange flags on the white rope. Yeah. Yeah. Outside, so now I can come in. Yeah, it's like a museum. It's got two metal poles and a velvet cord, yeah. so no one's going past that. The side that says "Do not take a flash photography." Photos, no yeah. photos. Yeah. I've got a. Um, I've got some cricket news. I was watching the football oh, last night at the Gabba, and I, and I saw during the warm-up they'd um had blocked <laughs> off the square. Oh well, yes. so maybe they get oh. themselves ready for uh, first test duties. Ooh. Well, yeah, the word is up. that um, they uh, had to. Well, just one point first before we get to that. The um, team sheets. Did you see the handing over of team sheets? Of course, David, I saw it, mate. I sent it to you. How good was it? It's <laughs> brilliant. I don't know if they've been laminated and dead old, but uh, I couldn't tell that by the by the picture. Is it? But it's always nice because what year is it? Twenty twenty. We're probably. Mm-hmm. Probably a thousand years off from digital team sheets, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, exactly. we're probably that far away. <laughs> yeah, slightly, yeah. I think the most, dis- now. The most disappointing part of that photo, David, no no yes. team blazers for the captains. Uh, no, but did you see um, 
there was a picture of Uzi Kawaja looking resplendent in a maroon team blazer at the toss oh, for well, Queensland. That, that, oh, really? that, that, oh, I didn't oh, see that. That replenishes my faith in Shield cricket, so that's good. I'll that's have good. to get you a photo, Nick. It was. I um, think it was brilliant. Might have brought his own jacket for that. <laughs> yeah, he went to Thailand on a cricket trip. I just got himself <laughs> fitted <laughs> out for one. <laughs> Given his love of antics yeah. at the coin toss, oh, yeah. I think that could coin only one from his own wardrobe to the stratosphere. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, still think about that. I'm running jump him. into oh, the love to- him. toss oh. of the coin. Speaking of blokes, speaking fun. of um, seeing things. Apparently, Peter Siddle saw a ghost and his fucking hair went white. So, he's channeled a real sort of 1999 Eminem look. Oh, jeez. That'd be a shame why Woden about it. Trying to win a Brownlow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Trying to step out. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's trying to win a Jamie Cox. He's trying to win a Jamie Cox medal by standing out. Mick had blonde hair back in the day, so I reckon I'll I'll tell you what works because the very first game I ever bleached it back home in Swanee, I got three votes in the league being F, and I reckon I touched the ball about four times. So it works because I'm supposed to see this bright That's yellow thing yeah. running around yeah. the field and think you're doing something. But yeah. Alrighty, so yes, yeah, so that's about all we got for sure, Craig. Because we like I said, we're gonna we'll touch on the actual results and how everything's going in the next episode. So from there, we're gonna move on to more first class cricket. But this time, across the other side of the globe, we're gonna to head to England. We're gonna to touch on the Bob Willis Trophy and a bit of county cricket news with Roscoe. Oh, Robert Willis. Yeah, the Bob Willis Trophy final was at Lords a couple of weeks ago. So perfect time for us to talk about it. <laughs> Finger on the pulse, we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly it. one day after into we our did our last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So um, it was Somerset and Essex at um, Lord. Yeah, Somerset <laughs> yep. uh, seemed to be forever the bridesmaids in uh, these this, sort of The summer has set on their chances of winning. Ah, that's pretty... Uh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good for you, Alex, i got to say. Pretty ordinary. Yeah, I'm pretty tired. That's why that came out. Are we just padding so Ross can find the score sheet? Is that I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eyes darting across the screen. <laughs> <as we can. laughs> okay. Uh, where they played this game at? Lords, wasn't it? Lords, yeah. In England. Uh, yeah, that one. Okay. The Lords elsewhere. Um, 301 Somerset made. And then Essex. We're held together by who else but Alistair Cook making a daddy 100, 172. Oh, Sally Cook. Yep. And it was nearly a triple cow in as well, 289 oh, really? balls. Goodness yep. Yep. And they got the wobbles up, though, because no one else made more than 51. <laughs> and uh, they, it was a case of this was, there was a bit of rain. It was late on day three, early day four, in fact, Um I think before they actually went past Somerset's total. And uh, that was important because if it was rained out or a draw, first innings was the winner. Yeah. Wow. So okay. Essex yeah. had a late wobble and they were, they were going fine at um, four for 264, but then stuttered and were six for 266, but got across over to 330 in the end. How English and then of them. Yeah. It was a bit of a declaration game. They had a bit of a bat, but then um, Essex just shut up shop and lost a few wickets, but held on six down for a draw. And so there so you go. Was it sort of similarly played tactically-wise to the Shield final, where the yeah. team that's on top yeah. will just bat for as long as they possibly can and yeah. draw the game? And then it's good that, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. best sort of cricket. Yeah. generally the only one that's televised in Australia too. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. really bringing the pun. Well, yeah. It's changed now. It's it has changed now, yeah. yeah. Did you say surprised. it rained in October in England, did you? Well, this was actually the 23rd to the 27th of September. Oh, so it should have been so, warm. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> it dried the chips in September. Yeah. 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 It wasn't famous a... for their droughts over there. In oh, that's, that's, a, a, that's the famous dry season in England for <laughs> September. Yeah. Uh, eight consecutive days with no rain. Yeah. <laughs> there was no top team or hosting team, but whoever led on first innings got the uh, right. uh, oh, try. In, in the case of a draw. In the case of a draw, yeah. Yep, so there we go. That's what happened there. And are I they five they were... days, Ross? Sorry to cut you off. Are they five days over there in the Bob Willis or they just do four? Well, there's four days, but then they went shield style and the final was five. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So the final yeah. is five yeah. like shield. Yeah. So yep. we're just copying what we've done in Australia for yep. a long time. Yeah. So it's not an original idea. <laughs> and they played in they played in um groups of six and there's six teams in Australia. So like they're just copying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's probably still handing team sheets out. Handing yeah. Yeah. Paper yeah. And one yeah. team has a blazer. No I'll tell you the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> one thing they'll never copy about shield cricket is they won't have the teams mainly made up of people that were born in that country. But yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, are they copying just like hideous looking blokes like shield oh, cricket yeah. as well? Like <laughs> everyone's yeah. just ugly apart from maybe three players in the entire Fucking they have, have fantastic sponsors. Good. They have fantastic oh, sponsors yeah, like the uh, genital warts removal Essex dogs or something like that. Like fucking what the shit does. <laughs> the unprotected sex thinker again, Essex warriors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, after the fun and excitement of um, that. Bob Willis trophy at the Oval. Boards. Boards. Oh, sorry. We then shifted. Is it change of pace, Alex? And three days later, uh, eight teams ran out onto empty uh, cricket stadiums across the lengths and breadths of the United Kingdom (laughs) (laughs) for the quarterfinals of the Vitality Blast. Ah, nice. Yes. So... um, the the winners were won there, and then the semi-finals <laughs> won for the. What a boy with Scott well, well, I'm, uh, fuck, I'm hanging cards. on the edge of my seat to see who blasted harder than everyone else. <laughs> who had well, more vitality during the their blasting? Uh, two of yeah. the quarterfinal winners were Gloucester and Surrey. Okay. Now, this was at Edgebaston, which is in Birmingham. They um, were meant to play on the Saturday. But uh, Saturday was all washed was out. Was it? And Bullshit. So, yeah, yeah. Knock me so down with a feather. Dry <laughs> period. <laughs> yeah. So then they were, the plan was after Saturday to come back Sunday. And if Sunday was washed out, they're going to come back Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, of course. No so. explanation given why they couldn't play Monday or Tuesday. Blokes are working. Someone's got to pick up the bins, Ross. Like, come on. Anyway, luckily it didn't eventuate to that. Because on Sunday, they ran the... Stopped raining eventually and the ground dried out and they, Beautiful. whatever the start time was, yep. they ran it through the colour computer and it came up with that there would be 11 overs each. In of course the there would be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. At, at a, a ground that is not in a um, oh, suburban area, I don't think, that has lights and there's no one attending, 
I don't know. Can't you just play till midnight, two in the morning? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. just go yeah. baseball style. Keep going till there's a winner. Well, after yeah. after eleven o'clock, it's double time and a half for the security guard. So you got to wait that yeah. up, right? So, yeah. <laughs> why are they there? Anyway, yeah. we continue because <laughs> there's no crowd. All right. So, um, old mates, um, Gloucester. Yep. Uh, made seventy three, and then um, Surrey knocked that off. Yeah, four down. And our mate, third degree Burns, is batting down at five. Made 12 oh, wow. not out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rory. Anything we want to do anything else that's not 12 not out? Nah, it, was, it was pretty piss poor. Yeah, it's a lackluster game. 11 overs. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's a prime and, number, uh, at least. That's good going yeah, for him, 12. That's like more than one run <laughs> over. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and the TV umpire was Martin Saggers. Oh, that's important. Saggers? No, Martin Sags Sager. from Blue Eelers. Yeah. How do you spell Saggers? S-A-W-G-A-S? E-R-S. Ah, so it's not a palindrome. Damn. No, oh, that would have been an awesome kid. Yeah, man to play the Canal Panama. Oh, say that backwards. But the other game, Panama. Panama. Oh, yeah. I could just say race car. Yeah. yeah. Or just yeah. say dad. Oh, really? Say dad backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> say fox off backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big lost it. So, this uh, is who, what we so like. I heard Nottinghamshire, pl- Nottinghamshire played the other game, Ross. Knott's, Knott's played um, the Red Roses of Lancashire and yeah. um, for Lancashire keyboard, Jennings made nine not out in their total of 94 for four. Really? 11 overs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like Knott's. how Ross goes the opposite way of when most people read a score card, they give you the highest score. <laughs> Ross is going lower score. And old mate got zero for 53 after five. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And... Um, <sighs> Target was 95 from 11 overs, and they're, they're coming along, but they're getting a little bit behind the run rate. And in stepped to our man, Dan Christian, DC, and he belted four sixes off four consecutive balls. Goodness. Nice. 30 off 12 balls. He then went out, but the, the damage was done, and Big Fat Summit Patel got him over the line with one off one ball. <laughs> <laughs> why, did they, why did they do 11 overs as well? Was it the same ground? Yeah. Oh, so they played on the same day. There were three games, one after another. Oh, semi, oh, semi, shit. Final. Okay, yeah, yeah. Finals day. Well, cool. that's why they yeah. didn't play 50 overs till midnight. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. They didn't. At all. Man of the match there was Dan Christian and uh, that well, Martin Saggers. <laughs> yeah, just for that semi final. <clears throat> Martin Saggers got off the TV out of the booth and went onto the ground for oh. that one. Oh, nice. So, Rotation policy there. Rotation policy, yeah. yeah. Okay, then uh, later that night, it was um, Surrey, the winner of the first semi final against yep. Knotts. Right now, the semi final. second one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so the, first, the winner of the first semi final played the winner of the second semi final. Right, yeah. okay, that's the way it works. It's Thank the, you. Yeah, it's, the, um, yeah. it's called the Smith Final Four. Ah, okay, oh, is it? Not the McIntyre. So often people mm. getting confused. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, the semi-finals were 11 overs. <laughs> How many overs do you reckon the final was? 29. <laughs> 16. Ah, uh, not even a fucking prime. <laughs> Why the three games weren't the same length? No, I don't know. Anyway, if they had a Wednesday for the washout on Saturday, sure they could have just waited to, and played the final on the Wednesday. 
Now I want to come back Wednesday. No. They're going to go to Forklift Monday morning. Hub day. You can't yeah. play a game of cricket on Hub <laughs> right, day. True. And also, if Joffre's a new team, he's going to drive past somewhere he shouldn't drive yeah. past. And you and just fuck. No one can play yet. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yep. yep. Um, so, Surrey batted first and Rory Burns made five not out of five balls. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, 127 off their 16 overs, so not too bad. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Run rate of just touch under eight, yep. Yep. so that's that's fair. Uh, Dan Christian was the Enter Dan. sixth sixth um, into the dojo. Yeah, was the sixth bowler <laughs> use three overs, four for 23. Oh, <coughs> fuck. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so then, um, Knott's had a bat, no doubt, and um, <laughs> overcome with a How is it right? not all up in front of you, man? It is, it is. I'm just fucking around. Knott's had a bat, no doubt. <laughs> and he's the lowest scorer for that bat. <laughs> and Samit Patel, zero not out, did not bat. After yeah, no okay, balls. yeah. <laughs> 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 the pub brawler himself, Ben Duckett, made 53 not out at the top of the innings. And uh, Dan Christian came in and he made 21 not out to see him over the line with three fours. Do we need to Go say on. allegedly after you called Ben Duckett a pub puncher? No, or? no, he got done for it. Oh, sorry, it's so not allegedly. Yeah. It's on the record. Yeah. So Con- right. Convicted pub brawler. Yeah. Yep. Known pub brawler. <laughs> <laughs> There was an embargo on Oakley's making big scores. Ah, uh, so yes, nice. Alex Hales made a first baller. Yeah, yeah. Lol. Yeah. So um, they're in a bit of trouble at three for 19, but it was 39-year-old Peter Trago and 37-year-old Dan Christian who came together and saved their bacon. Who said T20's yeah. a young man's game? Yeah, that's oh. it. And Dan Christian had a bit to say about that after the game. He said that... Um, Old blokes win stuff, <laughs> yep. and he fucking knows because he's wins a lot. Usually at the pokies. That is right. So, what happened was Chris Nash, thirty-seven-year-old, injured himself in the semi-final, as thirty-seven-year-olds do, yeah, yeah, and they brought in thirty-nine-year-old yeah. Peter Trago to replace him. He was playing his first ever T Twenty game for knots. I've always said you need to bring in more experience than leaves your team. So yeah. for 37, 38-year-olds going out, yeah, 39, 40 has to yeah. come in. 40. <laughs> When's that 40 goes out? 41, 42. Yeah, 41, 42 has to come in. And suddenly <laughs> Grandpa Ian's playing in your 11. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking shit in slips. He'd be like, fucking shut up. <laughs> uh. Uh, they also had 35-year-old Samit Patel and a couple of other blokes over 30. There's one, two, three, four, five of them over 30. Six of them over 30 in the 11. Goodness me. Alrighty. So, um, who guess who won man of the match in the final? Dan Christian oh. again. Oh, it's not Samit <laughs> Patel. <laughs> Dan Christian. No, Dan Christian again. So, he won man of the match in the semi-final the finals. <laughs> so isn't that that's something like yes. Dan Christian's won like seven BBL trophies in the space of like two years or something now? Yeah, yeah it's quite sorry, a few, not, isn't not, it? Yeah, yeah. sorry, T20. Okay, it's fucking like to call on yeah, tissues, yeah. Kleenexes. Sorry, no, but yeah. no, 
Yeah, you're right. Or band-aids, band-aids, right? Yeah. Mm. Instead of adhesive man. Yeah, fair mind blown. Thank you, Apple. Well, that was good, Ross. Yeah, that, um, Dan Christian will have to do 28 days quarantine mm. before the start of the big bash. Oh, I get, but that means 14 when he gets back to Melbourne, then another 14 before the bash starts. Uh-huh. Mm. Yep. Don't come uh, into Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he playing for Brisbane? Is he playing for Adelaide? He's playing somewhere else. He's yeah. not at the Renegade, so. Uh. <laughs> Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Where's he yeah, playing? Sydney. Yeah. Sydney. Brisbane. Oh, Perth. Sydney. Oh, okay, Perth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Alice Springs. Yeah. Harry Gurney <laughs> missed out on the trophy. Oh, did he? Oh, he's won a yeah. few, hadn't he? Oh, Gurn. Shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, he was good last season for the Renegades, wasn't he? Harry pressure Gurn? washer was turned oh. up too high. So he's he was good the year hand. we won the flag. He was terrible. fucking garbage last yeah, year. Yeah. Jesus. Last year. Yeah, terrible. That's the best segment mm. we've ever had, I reckon. Yeah, it was up there. The energy was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the Wednesday... <laughs> Alrighty, so from um, <laughs> and on the second week of school holidays, <laughs> me and my parents. So we we, we, had, we had from the UK, we, we head over to Australia. Fancy that. So um, and we're going to touch in with Alex. Where we've had a bit of Trans Tasman women's cricket going on. So you got a bit of information have about the... that for us, um, Alex. I do, McCall. Um, have some information on it. Um, the Rose Bowl was up for grabs, and good on New Zealand for coming over to Australia for it because their country is basically COVID free and they come into an absolute cesspit of COVID, which is Australia. But um, did the usual quarantining, Ross, you'd be happy to know. Um, but opened up with a three T20I series, Love which Australia ended up winning 2 1. Um, Mainly because it was that stand. We won the first two games and then just you know did whatever we, we liked in the last one. The normal matter. Australian problem: losing dead rubbers. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Um, the first game, Ash Gardner top scored with sixty-one. Trump, um, Australian Trump, batted oh. first. <laughs> yep, um, and we won by uh, uh, fifteen runs. Or something. New Zealand. New Zealand did the uh, <laughs> the the. Uh, Oh, so you can't do it. Harker. Oh, they did it. Yeah. I was trying to think of the words, but I'm very tired because I've come back from the home of Frederick Harold Socks and Donald. I've driven mm. all the way today. So for Business deals. Don't know that's a uh, three and a half hour drive truncated with a uh, meeting with my meeting. I met up with my parents <laughs> halfway, which took three hours. In a bubble. So quite tired. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I just wanted to, just wanted to, and if you look, Go to Donald on a holiday. Help him out. Donald's mm. a very small town in the Bullock hey, Shire. edit this out. They're not paying us. Fucking like edit this it? bit out. Hey, if, there is, if there was no Donald, fucking, there is no Frederick Harold, and we don't get paid. The big tourism yeah, Donald yeah, fucking gets you, mate. Fucking Jesus. Like, <laughs> big tourism. <laughs> the only way... Take that Donald tourism off my temples. <laughs> Was, was to say, talk about it. You talk about us on your podcast. I'll <laughs> let you go. A, like, okay. Is there a, a stump in a creek that looked like a dead bullock or something? Yep, a bullock's head. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, and they look have at, some granite rocks. Is there other attraction? Look at the top right of your screens, and that's a dead bullock, too. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, uh, your bottom right for me, Bulls. Uh, wrong. Uh, come on, <laughs> <what else> <laughs> Sorry, so the. 
New Zealand did the thing you should never do in T20s. They chased and didn't make the runs, but weren't all out. So oh, seven criminal. down. Yeah. Seven down. What? Yeah, well, don't fucking pretty bad. Pretty bad. For pretty bad. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Next, Which selfish uh, person next is that? T20I Australia won by eight wickets. Smashed them. Rolled New Zealand for under 28. They'd come out and um, all the top four all made runs. Um Haynes making the most at 40, and uh, Bob Stratford was the match referee and has been the match referee for the entire Rose Bowl. Oh, good on him. You know who umpired in this Bruce, game that the commentators talked Bruce about a bit? Oxenford? Yeah, the Ox. Yeah. They were calling him the Ox. They knew him. Oh, yeah. They said, oh, the Ox. Good to see I'll, the I'll Ox at home. He's often... Because Ox and Ford. Yeah. I call him Ford Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call him Brucey Boy. <laughs> call him B Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> what else happened? Alex? I call him Bo. So Bruce. Oh fuck! This is the okay. whole loads of podcasts on this. Isn't it? <laughs> fucking hell! Well, I think Tom, peak you do your fucking segments. <laughs> <laughs> peak podcasting has two elements, Alex. Yes. The first element is reading out scorecards, <laughs> and the second element is reading out squads. Yes. Now you guys it's, wonder it's why it's we're halfway there. Podcast at the start. This is what we're going to put up for our amateur status with the fucking tribunal. Jesus Christ. We um, well, I, I went to a seminar with um, had Mark Marin um, and Joe Rogan who was hosting the seminar, right? And that's what they said about good podcasting was exactly what you said there, which yeah. is reading out scorecards or squad lists. Uh, and then squad lists. You've got, to, yeah. you've got to back it up and say, hang on, you thought that was it. Now I've got a squad. Yeah. A lot of people make the mistake of only reading out scorecards mm. or squads. You have to do both. Mm. Okay. In the order, yeah. scorecards, because they're interesting a little bit, maybe. <laughs> then squad, never interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Australia yeah. lost the last T20. I only made 123. And uh, New Zealand weren't going along at a good rate of knots at all. Probably weren't going to do it. But um, <laughs> young player Kerr. For New Zealand. Young um, player Kerr. Nelia what Kerr. number does she wear? Nine? Nelia, I've no idea. She's a spinner and a bat, all-rounder. Um, she came out and brained a few runs in, in the death and hit a six to win the game, I think. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> the dad's Wayne. Oh, yeah, good, good. Didn't think about that. Um, then we move on to the uh, ODI segment of the uh, um, Rose Bowl. So the the reason why I wanted to speak about this um, was the Australian women's side have beaten the Ricky Ponting side of 2003 in the most ODIs won consecutively in a row with 21, and they won that on the third ODI of this Rose Bowl. And they haven't lost since 2018 in ODIs, I think, something like that. Um, They last lost in England um, in 2000... In the World Cup. Mm, They lost the semi-final. Yeah, I think we started in a run chase yeah. that we should have probably won, but Meg Lanning mm. wasn't playing because she was out yep. injured with her shoulder the injury. Whole tournament. Yep. Yeah, so I remember that. Yeah, so Australia won by seven wickets in the first ODI. Um, Bruce Ockenford was umpiring. If anyone was asking, yep. Bob <laughs> did anyone make referee. any runs or take wickets? Or... <clears throat> well, so you, yeah. I want to. You read out the least amount of runs. <laughs> I read out the match referee and the umpire. And yeah, just don't give the pl- what the players. Nah, did, Big Lady scored sixty, a very classy sixty-two, um, and the wickets were shared by the Australian bowlers. Um, How did Megan shut the front door go? Uh, she got carded in this game. Went at four and over, one wicket. Um, mm. She got even more card in the second match. She went 5.4 and over. Um, took two wickets, but two wickets at the death, um, mm. which was yeah, 
Jumped there. Meg Lanning in the second ODI scored a ton. Um, pretty much won the game really? for Australia. I watched the entire game and watched her entire innings, and it was just one of the all-time great uh, batting innings from an Australian cricketer. Dead rubber. Yeah. No, no, no. This was the second match, oh, so sorry. this was to win oh. the se- win the series. I thought so. I nodded off during the second one. Sorry. Uh, the second one of me reading it out, or the second game. Do you reading me out? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bob Stratford was the match referee again. Uh, Meg Lanning. Yeah. Meg Lanning, the um, player of the match, obviously, with her tongue. Mm. Uh, perfectly constructed innings. Um, played her shots early. Uh, built herself in the innings and hit, hit away at the end. The last ODI, women, Australian women broke the record for the most runs they've scored at AB Oval. Um, 325. With 325. Yes, with 325 mm. runs. You could take over any time. Well, I, I said they'd make 340 because yes. they're going to double it after um, 30 overs. Yes, well, that's, that uh, is the wisdom. Grandpa Ian has yeah. taught as well. So They didn't quite get there. I actually, at one stage, I didn't think they'd make 300. Exactly. Or as I like to call it, triple figures. Um, yeah. But they did because they had a real flurry in the last three or four overs. They did. Talia and McGrath went. 45. Bunta at the end hit 29 off 11. Bunta. Just belting sixes left, right, and centre. Mm. Um, Annabelle Sutherland made her debut ODI appearance in this game. Um, As a pinch hitter. Uh, batting at three, yes. Mm. You often put your pinch hitters batting at three, not like your classy stroke makers, but yeah. Um, and yeah, Australia uh, rolled New Zealand for 93 in their reply. Yes. So it was pretty much a really dire end to the New Zealand tour where they won one game. They went game. fucking belly up, did they? Have a look. Oh, they did. Belly on my fucking coward team. Rachel Haynes said. made a heap of runs, didn't she? In that yeah, she did. She was very consistent um, across mm-hmm. all three games, hence winning the player of the series, Ross. Oh, there you go. Yep. Um, one of the older um, members of the squad, 33. And a, a fun fact about Rachel Rachel Haynes is she's the daughter of Haynes paint owner. Um, so she's literally got paint. Paint is running through her veins. Oh, through my veins. Yeah, except they're different names because it's Haynes paint. And Rachel is it really? Haynes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, interesting that she's still mm, the daughter of the uh, owner of Haynes paint. Yeah, she changed her name <laughs> because she was sick of getting people coming up to saying, Do you yeah, have any paint? paint? Can I get some Probably paint off you? What do you think about the colour of this wall? What do you it's think? Should right, I change well, it? What do you think? Do you get what you pay for? And is that true with yeah. everything and, in life? People coming out with colour charts going, I'm sick of my peach yeah. walls. What should I go Take with? Frederick Harold yeah. Sock Company. That's been the middle-off cricket podcast. <laughs> and, um, we'll see you in two uh, weeks' time with some Sheffield Shield scores. <laughs> go on, Mick. A great effort from uh, Mick Gladding's team to win. Be this this dominant um, for yeah. this Period of time too. Twenty-one yeah, yeah. and and to be that dominant over New Zealand's, I think third or fourth ranked in the world. They're not they're shit. a shitter. <laughs> they're not shit, but they would they made to look shit by Australia's dominance. And I think it's going to continue because some of the young players that came in, Annabelle Sutherland's going to be a jet, in my opinion. Well, She's a very good cricketer. Well, may it continue, um, Alex? Exactly. I want us to go back to that period of time in men and women's cricket, but I want women's cricket to be as dominant as Australia were in the 2003 yeah, era. Blues tonight. Yeah, exactly. And we can just be arrogant as fuck and everyone hates yeah, us. Have a gilded bubble just being shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, at least Perry didn't play either. So that's, no. pretty, that's promising as well. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. All righty. Well, congratulations. Yeah, you go again. Go, finish. Go, go. 
Congratulations. Congratulations to the women's Australian cricket team as we just mute Alex's mic there so he can't talk. And um, congratulations to Rachel Hayne. If you've seen the photo on Twitter, she basically got a giant silver teardrop as her trophy. So fucking, that must have been made up of all the New Brilliant. Zealand tears from all the games from that cried from losing. <laughs> fuck, we do trophies well here, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, some of the fucking Where's the biscuit? Yeah. Alrighty, so the uh, main event of today's podcast, which we've taken the long way about of getting here, thanks to uh, some mm. information at the top, but we're going to talk about really? there's been some, oh, um, it's been all over, it's been all over the socials mm. in the last couple of weeks. So, um, Cricket Australia's website has been counting down the best thirty individual Sheffield Shield seasons of the last thirty years. So we're going to quickly run through them. I've got to, I've put a few notes in. We're going to have a bit of a chat about them. Some are a little bit unusually out of place. Some are fucking um, some amazing numbers. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a good, interesting segment, I think. So um, some good like names in the list too, isn't oh, there? Very really, ones so. that you'd forget about. Yeah. If you like cricket and you like stats, you'll love it. And if you if you like cricket and you don't like stats. Cricket's probably not the sport for you, and you might want to fucking move on. Yeah, it's not the one but, you should um, be fucking watching. Yeah. Alrighty, so we're, so we're going to go from thirty to one, as these ten, lists tend to do. So, um, in thirty is everyone's favourite little fucking sawn off cunt, Matty Wade. So this season, <laughs> this was from the two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine season when he was a Victoria. Um, so he played eleven matches that season. He made five hundred and forty five runs at a tip. Under 50 at 49.55. He made two tons. Highest score was 100 not out, which means he must have made 100 twice straight on the knocker. And he took 57 catches behind the stumps. So um, what is impressive about this season is in 2008-2009, Matty Wade was 21 years old. So it's pretty good effort. And another little bit of an interesting stat, he had not scored more than 20 runs before Christmas. So post-Christmas, he just fucking went to town. And dominated. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was 57 was catches still fucking as well. playing in the side. Yeah. So, he had 57 catches, no dismissals. That was around the time we really didn't have keepers. And that's part of why Wadey come over from Tassie. So, I think um, as long as he did his yeah. jobs, ha- job half well behind the stumps, he was um, going to struggle to lose his spot. So, yeah. So, that's pretty good there for Matty Wade. So, from there, we'll move on to number 29, which is Doug Bollinger. So he obviously dug the rug post in New South Wales. This was the 0708 season, which put him on the basically on the test radar. So he played seven matches. He took 45 wickets at 15.4. He took five fifers. <laughs> and for some reason, the Cricket Australia blokes, instead of doing best individual innings wickets, like to go, oh, he took, you know, six for 15 or whatever. They did the best match figures, which fucking shitted me. And yeah. I was too lazy to go and find the best... Um, like innings, one. so yeah, I'm, I'm not doing the re- job. They did the research first, and they did it wrong. It's on them. It's not on me. So, um, but his best match. I've always said that. His best match figures for the year. He took twelve for 131. So, um, yes, David. I think you're fine. This is the year that uh, Dougie was Son's rug as well. Oh, so I don't think he, was, I don't when think he, he was Doug the rug at that stage. Yeah, yeah. he was just Doug bald count. I think yeah. Doug the receding. Yeah, yeah, and this was a season he also this he also missed the second half of the year because he busted his foot. So though, so he was basically on pace yeah. to break the dismissal record at the time and went down with a busted foot. So uh, 
a bad Doug. timing for old Doug, unfortunately. But um, still a very, very good uh, season on its own. So next up at 28... I loved how bustling he was yeah. when he ran in. Mm. Yeah, no, he's funny. He's a very underrated player, I think. Like he's he's because he had that bit of a comical um, personality in that he probably gets glossed over a bit, a bit. But he was a fucking he's a very good player yeah. when he was up and about, old Doug Bollinger. So um, at twenty eight, we have got the catfish, James Hope. So he, he this is from the 2010-2011 season. So he played seven matches. He made five hundred eighty seven runs at fifty eight point seven. He made six fifties with a high score of ninety two. Took 27 wickets at 20 with two fivers with match figures of eight for 116. So um, this season began after what would be his final appearance for Australia. So he basically got kicked out of the Australian setup, no one days, no nothing, and went back to Shield cricket and fucking tore it a new <laughs> one. So yeah, so that was a pretty good year from James Hopes. Now this is the one for me which is way too fucking low on the list. One because of the numbers, and two because I fucking love this bloke. So I think it's way too low on the list. Number twenty-seven <laughs> is Chris Rogers. So this is from the two thousand eight, two thousand nine season. He's in Victoria. He played ten matches. He made one thousand one hundred and ninety-five runs at seventy-four point six eight. He made five Ridiculous. tons with a highest score of one hundred and fifty-nine. So my first night. So he made a and ton in the Shield 27. final. Pardon? So what he's number twenty-seven on the list. He's 27. number twenty-seven That's on the fact. list. Yeah. Okay. It's something like in the history Let's... of seasons. It's like one. It's it's in the top twenty runs ever made in a season. Yet it's not in the top twenty performances on this list. <laughs> um, yeah. So he also one of those tons also came in the Shield final as well, which means he stood up when it fucking mattered, which makes it even better. And my other note I put on here is how the fuck is this performance not higher up the list? <laughs> yeah, fair enough, too. Well, mm. Bucky. Yeah, so there's a couple ahead of him that are a bit sus, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm. So number 26 well, is probably... We'll use that the, as the base. Yeah. So number 26 is probably the bloke who is probably the least known out of everyone on this list. And um, the bloke writing the Cricket Australia fucking article probably wasn't real kind of poor old uh, to put this chap either, but it's John Moss who played for Victoria in the 2003-2004 season. He's one of those blokes. He's a bit of a battler. He played, he played for Victoria all the time. Um, he made, So he played 11 matches this season, so he played every game. Uh, 930 runs at 66.42. He made 750s and one ton, and that one ton was 172 not out. So he also <laughs> took, fuck, that number can't be right. I must have typed that wrong. It says he took 91 wickets. He didn't take 91 wickets. <laughs> anyway, he took... He took he, I, think shotgun. I think it's 21 wickets. He took 21 wickets at 27 with best match figures of 413. <laughs> so he's basically the only player to feature on the top 20 list for both batting and bowling in that season. No one else was on both lists. So the Vicks would also win the Shield. And he was in a pretty good batting lineup because he batted four... And anyone want to guess who batted three ahead of him? Uh, uh, fucking Jesus. Not Hodgie. It was Hodgie. Bang. And who? And yeah. the man at number five was Dave Hussey. So he batted in between Hussey and Hodgie yeah, that yeah. season as well, and made nearly a thousand runs. So it's a pretty, it's pretty good going yeah, from sure. old John Moss there. So. Uh, yeah, it's um, he'd be the answer to a few trivia questions, I reckon. If you fucking went through the lineup and asked who batted four <laughs> in that side, so. but um, so as we can see early on, there's a few Vicks in this list the way it fucking should be because 
That's what happens when you're Victorian and you just fucking do good shit. <laughs> um, so 25, we've got uh, we've got Gilly. Uh, this is from the 95-96 season. So this is the first time we go outside the 2000s on the list. So he played 11 matches. He scored 757 runs at 50 and a bit. He made one ton. That ton was 189 not out. So you also had 50, final, was it, that year? Uh, might have been, actually, yeah. So you also had 54 dismissals that year, 50 catches, four stumpings. So pretty good going. <laughs> so he actually... That uh, Joe season, Angel must have bowled well that year, then. Yeah, yeah him and BJ just fucking sending thunderbolts down at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I think Tom Moody would have still been around back then, too, actually. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been skipper. Yes, most likely. Dude. So, um, this season was the first time a WA keeper had taken 50 dismissals in a Shield season. So, that was a record that uh, Gilly broke. And I still don't think, I don't think any other WA keeper has gone past that still off the top of my head. But yes, Guinea. Uh, that's interesting to me that that's the first time it's happened considering the theories or, you know, the stigma around the whacker pitch. Yeah. And how bouncy and fast bowler friendly it is that a wicket keeper wouldn't have taken 50 decisions before that all the period. previous keepers broke their fingers yeah uh, yeah so okay. they, they didn't play enough games to take 50 well catches. i think there I was think, a puppet traditionally outbreak in wa for about 40 years so. <laughs> i think traditionally wa it's the fine leg takes 50 wickets from all the skied hook shots from the short ball yeah <laughs> <laughs> him and third man get 50 each yeah uh. So another interesting stat about Gilly's season that year, he actually started the season batting behind Brad Hogg in the batting lineup. So Gilly oh, was at seven fuck. and Brad Hogg was at six. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, that's got like a little bit of local cricket about oh, it. It's just because you keep you have to bat at seven <laughs> regardless of how good you are. Oh, yuck. Imagine coming out after him. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, just trying to slog everything to cow corner and shit, like backing out of the way of fucking bounces and stuff and you're a little batsman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and from one Australian first-class legend to another, coming at number 24 is Trent Copeland from New South Wales. Um, so this is from the 2018-19 season. He played nine matches, took 52 wickets. At 18.2, he took 3-5. That, best fig- fucking crazy. Yeah, best figures of 9 for 131. So this outstanding season saw Copeland debut at test level as a commentator. Oh, yeah. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they talk, about, they, talk about tr- yeah, they talk about John Moss being a bit of a nobody on this list. I think fucking Trent Copeland's a bit of a nobody too between you and me. But, um, he played yeah, test good cricket, s- come on. Good season. 52 at 18 pretty pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Next year we're saying Scott Muller's a nobody. <laughs> 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 Joe Many a nobody. Uh, is he a nobody to you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Graham Martin is a nobody. Clinton How fucking dare I? Yeah, I know. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Say is a nobody? Yeah. Fuck. Yes. He's one of the biggest fucking nobodies in the world. The only nobody. Yeah. But uh, we'll go back. We'll head back over to WA in the early, in the mid nineties, and we'll catch up with Tom Moody, who comes in at number twenty three. He played ten matches this year. He made nine hundred runs at fifty six point two five. Ridiculous! With that fucking toothpick, he used to fucking wield around. Fucking, he only made one <laughs> ton for the season, and that ton was two hundred and seventy two. So fucking, it was like a good. Was that like a quarter of his fucking runs in one bat? So, so he yeah. also. 
Yeah, he also took 26 wickets at, at 27 and a half. Best match figures of five for 86. So um, the highlight for his year, apart from the 272, which um, another in another match, it might even be in the final possibly, he made 55 and 81 against Victoria, which no... One, that's amazing because it's Victoria, because Victoria is the fucking best side yes. ever. But also, this yeah. Victorian bowling attack was, was Merv Hughes, Damien Fleming, Paul Rifle, and Shane Warne. <laughs> so it's possibly the Goodness best bowling fuck. attack Victoria could, could have in the 90s. And big Any uh, team. Big, yeah, yeah, big Tom Moody Even fucking right, flayed them yeah. around pretty well. So, <laughs> yes. So we stay in WA and we go over to uh, number 22 and he's... Uh, he's a bit of a favourite amongst us. You get, we get a bit of a laugh out. That's Big BJ, Brennan Julian. So in 1997, Fair 98, model. he played nine matches. He made 400 runs at 50. Uh, he made two tons, high score 124. He also took 39 wickets at 24 and a half with two fifers. So gum. that's a pretty decent year. Uh, so BJ would he's also help. Gum. Yeah, BJ would help. WA secure the shield that year, taking six wickets, and he made his 124 highest score in the final as well in the first innings. Uh, so, uh, pretty good star. effort there from the big male model and the face of. Uh, this next one makes me fucking sick. Fox Frigate. <laughs> so, in at number 21 is the one that's far too fucking high on this list, considering some of the things we've already read out. Shouldn't even be on the list. Yeah. But it's um, Alex Carey from South Australia. So this is from the 2016-17 season. So he played 11 matches. He made 594 runs at 33 because South Australia basically batted twice the whole fucking year because they retarded. Um, he made five fifties. He didn't make a ton. His highest score was 79. He broke the dismissal record, which is why he's on this list. But he took 57 catches and two stumpings, which means realistically he just stood behind the stumps and the ball come to him. So It's, um, it's two more dismissals than Wade at 30. Yeah, I know. And, and Wade averaged 50 with the bat and made 200s. Yeah. <laughs> Gilly took 54 dismissals, averaged 50.5 with the bat and made 100 and made 757 runs and he's at 25. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. So the only thing about this, like we said, is Kerry, this is the season he would break the previous record, which was held by... It was held by two blokes at the time, two Queenslanders, and one was um, Wade Seckham and the other was Chris Hartley. Oh, they, legend. They, they both had 58 dismissals in one season, so Carey broke that record. Um, side note, Eric, Alex Carey played AFL footy for GWS. The same way Warney played footy for St Kilda. Stop fucking harping on about it. It was <laughs> underage footy. It does not fucking count. Well, Yes, can I say, yes, can I, I've got a theory on why he's so high on this list. And it's exactly what you've just said, Michael. So I think Cricket Australia are now saying we finally got one back on uh, cricket, uh, on football. Yeah, they took Alex so what we'll do, yeah, what we'll do is rub their noses in it by putting him up in the, you know, top 21 <laughs> seasons of all time. Even though the fact the average fucking 30 with the back, go <laughs> fuck yourself, Cricket Australia. Whoever wrote this, whoever wrote this list must have been off this day. And the interns just come in and go, oh, we need a 21. Uh, Alice Carey, fuck it. We'll just put him in. Go on, fuck it. I'm fucking wild. Curry, keep going. Who was 20? All righty. So fun. 20 is one of our favourites, or one of my favourites anyways. Big Paul Rifle, Big Pistol Paul. He is Legend. in the... 1999-2000 season. He played 11 matches. He took 59 wickets at 16.64. Uh, but he only took one fifer for the whole year. He took basically 
nearly every match he took four wickets, but he only, yeah, he only took one four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, best Jeez, match figures. Getting so close to yeah. incentive payouts yes. and not getting it must have been so frustrating for him. Must, that's probably why he declared on Klinger. He's just so pissed off he couldn't get a five. He's like, he's not getting a ton either. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so his best match figures were nine for 130. So uh, yeah, like I said, he did not take a five for, for that whole season. But oh, Sorry, he took one for the whole season. I apologize. And guess when he took it? In the final, final? that's when the big players yeah. stand up. And that five was against Queensland, and it included Jimmy Ma, Martin Love, Stuart Law, and this was Gody Stuart Law, so it was peak Stuart Law, and Andrew <laughs> Simons, <laughs> Andrew Simons, and Andy Bickles. So that's a pretty good five for if you get to uh, take some it good in players in that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so some well, good players so, in that list. Yep. Yeah, so he comes in at twenty. Uh, Paul Rifle does there. So nineteen, we head um, to former Canberra comment. At this time, he was a New South Wales Blue. Brad Haddon in the 2004-2005 season. So he played 11 matches. He made 902 runs at just a tick over 60. So he made two tons. One of those was 154 was his highest score. He had 38 dismissals, which is 35 catches and three stumpings. So uh, this season, this is the season that brought Haddon's revolutionary hula hoop keeping method to the forefront of Australian <laughs> cricket. So, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's an interesting one, but like Brad Haddon, who's like apparently, you know, plays half his games in New South Wales on this super spinning pitch and he's all, you know, spin friendly and you've got to have spinners at the SCG, Rara, and he only has three stumpings for an entire season. He's a little surprising. Yeah. But yeah, I had to stump on your hula hooping, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's true. But that's one thing true. you do notice through this list. All the guys that have the high dismissals, there's there's hardly any stumpings because they've obviously come from teams that have mm. quick bowling lineups. So, and that yeah. Brad had that 0405 bowling lineup in New South Wales would have been pretty sharp from memory as well. So, yeah. uh, so speaking of 0405, you should have had a fuckload more stumpings because the number 18, Stewie McGill, he took 54 wickets. So if I so McGill so McGill played uh same season oh four oh five as Haddon. He played all eleven matches, fifty four wickets at twenty four and a bit, three five for his best best match was eight for hundred and forty four. So McGill's fifty four wickets was the most by a spin bowler since Victorian Chuck Fleetwood Max. Sorry, no, that's Fleetwood Smith, uh, who took sixty wickets in six matches in nineteen thirty four thirty five season. <laughs> Yeah. Charles Kingford Smith, goodness. Yeah. So back in the 30s, this bloke was taking 10 wickets a game. Fuck. Six Jesus. 60 wickets in yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, but for McGill, he'll be proud to know this is the most wickets in the Shield season for a player with a square head. So well done, McGill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up is at number 17 is the freak Ian Harvey. So this is also from the 99, 2000 season. So he played nine matches that year. We would have been playing one days and stuff for Australia around this time still possibly. Uh, so he made 543 runs at 49, made one ton, which was 170. He also took 37 wickets at 22, including one five. Jesus. Yeah, so he finished the season sixth on the wicket-taking list and 15th on the run-scoring list. His lone fifer was against Queensland, and that included Matty Hayden and Stuart Law. And as we mentioned, 99-2000, Stuart Law's go to Stuart Law. So it's the hardest Stuart Law to get. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the red 
Bear Stuart yeah. Law. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like the hologram Stuart Law. Yeah, exactly. Law. It's like the hologram plated Stuart Law, Gabby Stuart Law. It's the hardest one to get. Yeah. If you got one mint on card and it's graded at a 10, it's worth thousands, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at 16... Uh, it's kind of like, like Ricky Ponting goatee, but not yeah. for the palin. <laughs> So at number 16, we've got Chris Hartley from Queensland from the 2011-2012 season. So he played 11 matches. He's, he made 500 runs at 32. He made one ton and made 111 runs. He had 58 dismissals, 56 catches, two stumpings. This is fucking way too high as well. I know at the time he said, sorry, Bull, yeah. I think we're saying the same No, no, thing. go. How the fuck yeah. is Chris Rogers making 1,200 runs sit behind these blokes? Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah. that's objectively a worse season than Alice Carey, who's at 21 <laughs> and played too high. But anyway. yeah, it's just like I get maybe like, they all had a bit like go, Mick. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I get they're breaking these records, and that's what this season's being held up against. And like, but in all due respect, like to wicket, to wicket keepers everywhere, like that, you do have a very important job, but you breaking a record is purely nah. dependent. On four other blokes fucking doing their job so you can do yours at the yeah. end of it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it just shows, like, because the Gabba's obviously, like, be like the Whacker and the Gabba, you've got, like, Gabba's a bowler's, pat, quick bowler's wicket. That's the reason it's Seckham and Hartley that had the, yep. that had it before Carey. And the reason Carey gets it is because I'm pretty sure if, I, if we go back and double-check it, it's the season what we're going to talk about in a second with Sayers where he fucking actually dominates that year. And I'm pretty sure they fucking yeah. coincide with one another as well. So Yeah, but, that would make sense. Yeah. But, yeah, so, Hart, like, so, so like we're saying, Hartley's 58 dismissals would equal the Shield season record, which was held by Wade Seckham. He would take four more. He would take four or more catches in ten separate games. So it just shows what the Queensland bowling was doing. So speaking of Queensland, oh man, we've got Andy Bickle from the 0405 yes. season. He played eleven Andy matches. Bick. He took sixty wickets at twenty-two with four fifers, and and his best bowling for a match was ten for one twenty-seven. So. Ah. Yeah, so Andy Bickle is the only player in Shield history to take 50 or more wickets in a season on three separate occasions. And, Jesus. Yeah. Ugh. And in this same season, Bickle's teammate, Joe Dawes, would t- took 46 wickets as well, which means the two Goodness. Queenslanders combined for 106 wickets across the season between the two of them. <laughs> yeah, so fucking Jesus. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good yeah. sign to captain. Just, here you go, Bickle. Here you go, Dawes. Fucking do your job. Just go fucking yeah. stand in slip. Yeah. Yes, Guinea. I'd be interesting to sort of look back on that as like a sliding Joe Dawes uh, <laughs> moment to see, you know, where the, the two careers went one way or the other. <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh as hard as I laugh at that, but that was funny. Yeah. Oh. All righty. So I'm this pretty is... proud of that one, lads. Yeah, it was a good one. So in at 14, we've got one on this list that I have to admit I was a bit shocked about when I come across it, but it's fucking pretty impressive. So it's um it's one of the original uh, advanced hair men, Mr. Mo Matthews, Greg Matthews, old yeah, yeah. Uh. From the 1992-93 season. So he played 11 matches. He made 580 runs at 41. So he made one ton, which was 139. He also took 49 wickets at 20 and a bit, including four fifers. So um, that's pretty good fucking going. So 
Only Mark yeah. War for only Mark War made more runs than he did that season. Mark War got seven hundred and sixty-two. So Mo Matthews had this, had the second most runs. So in those one game against Tasmania, he went at two. So for the sorry for the for the whole season, he went at two point two six and over as a spinner. So that's fucking pretty impressive. <laughs> and one game against Taz, he took two for seven from eighteen overs, which included fifteen maidens. <laughs> So that's pretty, on, fuck, that's pretty good going, yeah. So he's one of those ones, Greg Matthews. I think because of all the advanced hair stuff and all the kind of larrikin personality, people kind of sleep yeah. on him a bit. But he was a fucking very a good gum. Like, yeah. So I think he gets quite a lump with Phil Tufnell a bit, but he was a far better player than people give him credit for. Old Greg Matthews. So, mm. um, so at number thirteen is a man who will be on this list a couple of times. At, and for two different states as well. So, first up, we've got number 13. We've got New South Wales' Michael Bevan from the 93-94 season. <laughs> he played 11 matches that year. He made 1,240 runs at 82.66. He made five tons. His highest score was 203 not out. So, at the time of this... Yes, yeah, so at the time of this season, Bevo was 23 years old. And was Jesus. and he was only the second player to have a twelve hundred run season in Shield cricket, and he was the first player to do it since the great big Victorian, the grandstand Bill Ponsford, who did it in nineteen twenty seven twenty eight. So he's the so he was the first player in seventy Jesus. years to do it, and only the second player ever to Fuck. do it. So it's fucking pretty good. So and this was also the second Nuts. time in. Yeah, this was also the second time in Bevan's career he'd scored five tons in one season. He also did it as a twenty year old. As well, oh. so like fuck. No wonder they thought he was going to be the fucking second. No wonder he got in the test team. Yeah, like yeah. It's just because I think like that's the age. Yeah, like at that age, I'm like eleven or twelve, so you don't really remember this stuff because it's kind of that. But he fucking like you, yeah. like no wonder they all thought he was going to be just like he. You look at those numbers; he should have been ponting. Like he's fucking amazing. Like, but mm. yeah. yeah, can't play a pool shot though. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Mm. Which uh, is a funny story from the, from the later season of fucking, which I'll talk about when we fucking get to the <laughs> other season. Um, so the one we quickly kind of mentioned offhand before, number 12 is Chad Sayers from South Australia. And as we said, he's from the 2016-17 season, which unsurprisingly co- coincides with Alex Carey breaking the dismissal record. So Chad Sayers played 11 matches. He took yeah. 62 wickets at 19. Fuck. He took. He had five fifers with That's best, amazing. yeah, with best match figures of eleven for seventy six. So Say's become the become the sixth player to take sixty wickets in a season in the history of the Shield, and his final tally of sixty two is the third highest of all time. So fucking, he had a he had a break. That was a year basically. That's why he got in the Test side. He had a breakout year. Just unfortunately, mm. he set his standard so high he hasn't been able to get back to it. He hasn't. He had the whole. He had the bit of the uh, reputation of being able to bend it around corners, and he hasn't quite gotten back to that, unfortunately, for young <laughs> Chad. Or maybe it was just a one-off. It was an outlier, and he's just not that good. But yeah, so. But um, number eleven, we touched. We've got here is the great Dean Jones. So my favourite. My obviously favorite he played. Obviously, he played for Victoria. Ninety-one, ninety-two season. He played <laughs> five matches this year. You kind of go five matches. Right. How the fuck's he up the pointy end? Because he made nine hundred and thirty-eight runs at an average of one hundred and fifty-six point three three. He made four tons, including two hundred and forty-three <laughs> not 
out. So Ridiculous. The se- so this season coincided with Dino's last season as a test cricketer. Now, let that sink in. His last season as a test cricketer was in 91-92. He was about 32 years old. And he got put out to pasture. Mike Hussey <laughs> hadn't even fucking debuted at 32 years old. And Dean Jones got put out yeah. to pasture by Cricket Australia. So um, he would make... And three of... So he, so he made four tons that year. Three of those tons were doubles. So he had he had a fucking year just to write home about like, and it makes you wonder if you had a if you had been able to like if you, not that you can keep that pace up, but if you had to play like a full season of ten or eleven games, like those numbers could be fucking amazing. Yeah. But yeah. So. So um, I assume he didn't play the full season because he was playing the one day cricket for Australia. Yeah, that that'd be my guess as well. I reckon Roscoe because he because at that yeah. stage he was still yeah. in the one day setup. He'd just been kind of uh, shunted mm. out of the test side. So that's why I'm guessing he missed the uh, matches that he missed. Because at that stage, like you're talking early 90s, like one day cricket in Australia was king. So you're always going to be um, mm. playing that. So um, so next up at number 10, we've got a Tasmanian. We've got Jackson Bird from the 2011-2012 season. So he played eight matches that year. He took 53 wickets at 16 including five <laughs> fifers. It's interesting that um, he's above Sayers, but it is what it is. It's all, it's a, it's touch and go, but I still think like Sayers has more wickets at about the same average. So I don't, I know he's played more games, but yeah, fucking. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, so in a little bit of a fun fact about Jackson Bird in this season. So only the West Indian pace legend, Joel Garner, has taken more wickets in fewer matches across the past 80 years as Jackson Bird managed in this, wow. which was his rookie shield season. So this was his first ever season. Of Shit. Shield. <sighs> I don't even remember this happening. Yeah, talk about sitting the bar fucking yeah. high. Jesus Christ. Boy. Come in your first year, take 50 wickets. Like, if you're not taking 60, 70s after that, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's obviously, yeah, you know, put him on the map and why he's always meant, from that point on, he's pretty much always seen to be mentioned around test sides. So, never really did much, but he got mentioned a lot, so good on him. Uh, number nine, we head back over to WA for Adam Voges for the 2014-15 season. So he made, he played all 11 matches. He made 1,358 runs at 104. So he made six tons at a high score of 249. So this particular season is the highest run scoring season in the history of WA cricket. And would also seem selected on a tour to the uh, Caribbean where he'd make his test debut and also score a century on debut. So this is basically when we saw mm. that when we saw that period of Australian cricket where Voges had like the highest average in the history of fucking games and all that stuff. Uh, better than Bradman and yeah, blah, blah, blah. All, all, yeah, that, yeah. all that shit was carrying on. He was also, be- he's also pretty much beating up minnows, I think from memory, but yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. In Hobart. yeah. Yeah. But one thing of note as well in this particular summer, Voges also captained the Perth Scorchers who won the BBL title. So he had a pretty fucking fair summer. At the uh, yeah. out on the pitch, old Adam Voges. Yeah, Braceway apparently wrote a song about Voges. Oh, I yeah. do. One summer. Uh, One summer. One summer. <laughs> 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 All right. So for number, for, uh, so for, for number eight, we head back down to Tasmania. 
So it's for the 0607 season. We check in on Ben Hilfenhaus. Eagle Riders with the Folgers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell. So Benny Hilfenhaus played 11 matches in 0607. He took 60 wickets at 25 and a bit. Took three fifers. Best figures were nine for 155. Fuck, I know you took some wickets, Ben, but Jesus Christ. Uh, That's just ahead of... um... That's sad to say, is yeah, I don't get it as well. Like it's, it's basically, it's like for like eleven matches, but says there's yeah, two more wickets and a way lo- and 19. a way lower yeah. average. Yeah, like this is the thing that frustrates me with this list. Like, it's not like footy. Sorry, you know, I will get to you, but it's not like footy you're where right, you kind of right, right. can have an opinion. You go, oh, like Patrick Dangerfield's a better player than this player because I think this and this. Yeah. This is all stats based. <laughs> yeah. So how the fuck is it anyway? But yeah, again. Yeah, you can you can understand the bird one being high because it was his debut, yeah. right? So it was more impressive because your first year this is not his debut. Yeah, you don't. I don't understand. Is there something we don't know about that they oh, haven't written? Oh, in there's there's plenty some, we don't some, know about. There's yeah. some point. There's some stuff in the notes, but yeah, we'll get to that as well. Yeah, Roscoe. Yeah, okay. Hilfenhaus got two runouts that season. Uh, uh, and direct hits, too. They were direct hits. Unassisted yeah. runouts. Yeah. 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 More tempo points. points. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. Yep. 15 tempo points. Yeah. All right. Oh, so, so good. At the, start of, so at the start of this <laughs> season, Ben Hilfenhaus was not a rookie, as Alex said, but he was also only 23 years old and had only played 10 first-class games. So he basically doubled his game count yeah. in this season. Um, he became the fifth bowler. Yeah, to, okay. He became the fifth bowler in the history of Shield cricket, cricket to take sixty wickets in a season. He also bowled a mammoth five hundred and nine overs, and would be personally responsible yeah. for thirty-seven percent of Tasmania's wickets that season. <laughs> so he took a third uh, of the maybe whole I shouldn't have jumped wickets. in so early. Yeah. And it would also be that's so funny. And it would also be the first season that Tasmania won a Sheffield Shield. So those things probably put him uh, ahead of Chad Sayers. I think South Australia yeah, might come yeah. last year or something. I was going to say that. Chad, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't have won fuck all games, yeah. SA, because they never win any fucking games. So, <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So uh, number seven. Now we're starting to get into the really fucking impressive stuff. This one frustrates me. This one, this one's got good points in it, but this also shows why Chris Rogers is far too fucking low. But um, next up, we've got number seven is Matty Hayden, obviously from Queensland. This is from the 93-94 season. In fairness to Hayden, I see uh, this year his numbers are comparable to Rogers, but they're a lot better in certain places as well. The fact is that he played only six games and made 1,136 mm. runs at 126.22. <laughs> So from that point of view, yes, that's better than Chris Rogers. He also oh, made seven tons, including 173. More hundreds than games played that yeah. year. And those seven tons also <laughs> set the record for the most in a Shield season. And he played seven, uh, six games. Yep. He would have made, made 20 tons. Yeah. You want to hear something else that makes, this even more, that makes it even more impressive? In 93, I do. In 93-94, Matthew Hayden was 22 years old. Yeah, he hadn't played test cricket yet. He yep. debuted the next year, 94. Yep. End of the 94 season. Very, very, very good season. Why did he only play two games? Why did he only play six games? What yeah, I don't know. Cricket? Whether he got in He late. might have been in the squad. Yeah, I don't know. He might have been in the squad. Yeah. Hmm. He might have hmm. been uh, just plugging away as a 22-year-old in the grade cricket and forced his way in or something. Who knows? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 
So but next good year they went to 700. Yeah. He went on the 93 Ashes tour. Yeah, yeah. okay, that's true. Mm. Not maybe sure. Maybe he had an injury. He did, didn't really say anything in the um, little spiel about it, but there might be, be some reason. He ate some... Maybe he ate some bad fish. Yeah, sank his boat and had to swim back. And maybe, his ha- maybe his hat was too big and he woke up with a crook That's neck it. and he couldn't fucking straighten That's up it. for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very close. I've got the actual news. Yes, it was, he got really bad sunburn on his forehead, which is now <laughs> the reason why he wears those big hats. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't play for five games because yeah. he had bad sunburn. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, so for the number six entry on this list, we head back to the great state of Victoria and we check in on one of my favourite players as a young bloke growing up, and that is Mr. Matthew Elliott. The Thornbury Flyer. Yeah, so the 2003-2004 season, Matty would play 11 matches for Victoria. He would make 1,381 runs at 81 and a bit. He would also make seven tonnes to end the record that Hados has. And his top score would be 182. Yes, Kenny. Uh, he also initiated the um, uh, trend of Victorian first-class cricketers that look like weird, fucked-up mongoloid people. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first one. Like before, everyone just looked normal. Like Dean Fucked Jones up normal. mongoloid people. You know, ha- haven't you seen Dave normal? Bert Hughes is normal. Yeah. Debu Warney looks like he's been stung by 50 fucking bees, mate. I'm like, fucking Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so, Matty Elliott's 100 and, uh, sorry, 1,381 runs at the time, at the end of the 03-04 season, was the highest season in the history of Shield cricket. He now sits third on that list. Um, Elliott would also, like we said, he would equal the Hados record for the most centuries in a single season. This season would also see Elliott recalled to the test side. So um, I think there was a test. It was He was in the UK and there was a test up in the top end somewhere, Darwin or somewhere like that. And he got called back to fill in for a injured Ricky Ponting or someone. Or it might have been when Ponting got punched out or something. So anyway, he got <laughs> called back into the side. So coming off this blistering season and having a good go at county cricket, he would come into the test side and he would make one and a duck and would never play for Australia again. (laughs) (laughs) Against Bangladesh? I don't know. I don't know. Sri Lanka. Lanka. It was Sri Lanka, actually. You are right there, Roscoe. So, yeah, so that would see the end of Matty (laughs) Elliott. And then not long after that, you would see the end of Matty Elliott in Victoria and he he would head off to SA and play a few more years, but not really do too much of note. Embarrassed himself by leaving the Vicks. Yeah. He was, but we will. But deep down, we'll always love him because he played for Collingwood in Premier Cricket before they become Campbellwell. That's it. So he play, play at the old Vic Park. Good on him. So at number five, we've got everyone's favourite rock chucker, Sean Tate. That's so it. So obviously yeah, he, was for, he was playing for SA of 2004 2005 season. So he played 10 matches that year and took 65 wickets at 20.16. He would take three fifers as well. And he had best match figures of nine for 73. So at this time, tw- at the start of this season, Tate was only 21 years old and only played 13 first-class games. His 65 wickets are the second most all time. 35 of those 65 were either bold or LBW as well. That's which awesome. is why Graham Manu doesn't have the fucking dismissal record because he didn't fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. three, three months later, he replaced... Uh, Glenn McGrath after he rolled on a ball yep, yep. in the Ashes series, yep. the 05 Ashes series. So, um, so look how that paired out. Yeah. <laughs> so there was an anecdote of um, 
before Tatey was actually in the squads and everything. He was a work experience kid at the Sacker. And he basically would spend all day like licking envelopes and fucking mailing shit out. And then they'd bring him out to training and he'd bowl in the nets. And it was the day before a Shield game. And he whacked Greg Blewett on the toe and nearly broke his foot the day before a fucking Shield game. Apparently, Greg Blewett Blewett stormed out of the nets. And this was in the article. Greg Blewett actually told the story. He basically stormed out of the nets, went up to the coach and said, get that fucking cunt out of my net. And fucking went back and had a bat. (laughs) So, I think from this point on, I think me and... I think Greg Blewett might be my spirit animal. But, um, yeah, so... Was it dark when they were doing this? Yeah, it's dark. Yeah. It's fucking midnight. Hold <laughs> a two-piece. This next one, Mick, this next one's stiff not to be number one. I like it's, this next one. It's very stiff not to be number one. It's very stiff not to even be number two. Um, so number four is a chap we've already mentioned on this list, but he moved states later in his career, and that is Michael Bevan. So this is the 2004-2005 season. Bevo would play nine matches where he would make... 1,464 runs at 97.6. He would make eight tons with a high score of 190. So Bevo's eight Eight tons would break the record held by the two mats, Hayden and Elliot, for most tons in a single season. So Bevo... The the year after Herbie made 700s, Bevan made 800. How good is that? Just, all right, he's thrown the gauntlet down. He's made seven. I'm going to make eight. That's so good. So in addition to those 1,400 runs, Bevan would also Mm. make 519 runs in one-day cricket and would lead Tassie to the first ever one-day title. Oh, sorry, the first one in 20. Sorry, not first one ever. First one in 25 years, Apologies, I read that out wrong. Uh. But in Shield cricket, they would only win... One game for that whole fucking oh, season. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, in the you know article... You were saying... Um, you're right, Gideon. Sorry, yeah. but you were saying... Um, he, uh, forget the play before, but took 37% of all the wickets taken. I wonder yeah, what percentage of runs ever made. Probably oh, all yeah. of them. Yeah, probably 100%. I think it's like 97. <laughs> I, think it's like, I think it's 104%. <laughs> yeah. Like, they rounded it up. <laughs> 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 they took all of um, um, George Bailey's runs off him. Yeah. <laughs> so um, in the article, like, because they the top five had big long articles with stories and everything oh, on, on the Cricket Australia website. So if you really want to go and have a look at this after you listen to the podcast and get a bit more, some of the stories and the really long ones are actually quite good. So Michael Devenudo tells a story about Michael Bevan, and um, they're playing. I think it might be New South Wales actually. So he's playing against his old mob, and this is like. Um, Paul had mentioned before, there was a whole thing through the entire Shield cricket, through cricket in general, that if you bowled short at Bevo, you just had him because he couldn't handle the short ball. So um, some one of the New South Wales blokes bowled him a short one. Bevo's rocked back, hooked him for four, goes up to the, um, goes up the middle of the pitch where he's batting with Divinito, like, you know, taps the pitch, looks at him and goes, they should know better than to bowl short to the Bevo. And apparently, dude, he just pissed himself <laughs> laughing. And he said, and he, and he, and he, and he like looked at Be- he looked at Bevan because Bevan was deadpan. And then Bevan just like smirks and walks back to his mark. It's like it's fucking great. Diesel's day. Don't run out the dog to the dog. You don't yeah, short you know. to the dog. That's so good. I did read that. Um, yeah, that was very funny. Some of the later ones where they interviewed people. 
uh, about the events were quite yeah. good, like the yeah, top they, five, those, top those, ten ones. Yeah. Those five they're ones were good. the really, really good ones. I've tried. That's why I've got a lot more notes out of those because there's some really fucking good stuff in there. But um, so just a bit on Bevo and where he sits in kind of the history of cricket. I didn't do this for everyone, but I did this for Bevo because it's very interesting. So he would um, he would finish his career with ten thousand six hundred twenty-one runs which sits him fourth all time on the Shield scoring list. And the average of 60.69. The only person Jesus. with a better average than him is Don Bradman, who has 110. And the bloke at number three is Greg Chappell, who has 59. So he sits between Chappell and Bradman on the all-time average list. So it's pretty fucking That's impressive. Nuts. Like, And those 10,000 runs at the time of him scoring him, he would have nearly been number two, I think, behind... AB possible no AB's test whoever was because at the time because he's only been passed since then Bevo so but he's like he's probably one of those blokes who did have like he's obviously well known for the West Indies one day game and he did have a few you know he obviously played a few tests but his yeah. um performances and his history and his like level of performance through his whole career at Shield level is fucking amazing and it's like right from the day yeah. Dot is a twenty year old making tons to like right up until he retired so it's very impressive so. I remember having this discussion with friends and you guys not so long ago around was Michael Bevan as good as what people thought he was. And I remember going, oh, I don't think he is. And then I looked up his stats and I, I went, no, no, he is. He's yeah. fucking better than what people think he was. He was an absolute yeah. fucking... I think he just, he falls in that area when you had got... Testing. Yeah, he just, and he falls into that, like, bit like, not, not Hodges obviously doesn't have those type of numbers, but it's a bit like Brad Hodge where they kind of fell in that area where they were behind you know, Ricky Ponting, or they were behind Damian Murray. Yeah. And you just, and like, it's the reason like when you watch those old Australia, Australia A games and like the fucking Australia A teams like Langer, Martin, Haydos, like it's just that yeah, era guns. of cricket through that mid nineties is just fucking amazing. So he just was a victim of that. Unfortunately, you drop him as a 20 year old into test, into like shield cricket, like two years ago, he would probably be in the test side right now. Like he's just be the captain. Yeah. True. What yeah. I reckon with a lot of the, the, the teams through that era and those folks who didn't get a, much of a look in was you had the two war brothers at four and yeah. five and they're basically yep. a lock. Mm. And so the only places into the team, if you were an opener were three or six. Yeah. And it just, there's only really two spots in the middle yeah. order. If you're a middle order batsman, it's three or six and three. Even coming in at six, batting behind and the wall, you're not going to get that good of a bat either. So, yeah. yeah. Then he found another niche as a spinner. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, all righty. So from fruit. He got ten for he got ten for an investment to the Adelaide Oval against the West Indies. Fuck it, like, but there's a half tracker and then a full bugger that gets somehow toe ended to fucking deep square and he gets his ten for like it's a fucking watch him in the ODIs. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's cliche, a but applies to all cricket. Too. Shit gets wickets. It's that fucking thing. Yeah. There was Bevo was one of the three blokes that made the Cricket Academy rules change uh, because it was in Adelaide when it first started the Cricket Academy and they're taking, you know, 18, 19 year olds from all over the country to make them into professional cricketers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren Berry, Bevo and a bloke called Joe Scuderi, who was from yeah. North Queensland, yeah. they all played first-class cricket for South Australia. Okay. And Scuderi stayed there and never went back to Queensland. Mm. And that was he was the, really the main impetus for saying the rule, no, you had to go back to your home state. Because yeah, all these yeah. states going, you, we just, you just cost us our best 18-year-old. Bevo's from Canberra. 
yeah. and then varies from Victoria. And so I think they played one season or just a few games one season there, and then Cricket Australia said, no, you've got to go back to your... Because yeah, all you do is build a fucking like, what are you doing? All our best 18-year-olds yeah, are going to yeah. go to South Australia. Yeah. yeah, so that was a little fun fact. And he started out as a fast bowler in Canberra. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love that sort of shit. It's like yep, shameful being a batsman in his junior cricket yep. and stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of Always fast bowlers. being a keeper. Yeah. So unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Especially with that body language. Uh, speaking of fast bowlers, so we're going to go to... Oh, fails. We'll go, we'll go to number three, and we've got Ashley Nofke from Queensland. So this is the 2007-2008 <laughs> season. So he played nine matches that year. He makes 686 runs at 45.7. He'd make one ton, which was 100 not out on the knocker. He'd also take 43 wickets at 21.2 with five five for his best figures of seven for 147 in a match. So season in that period. Yeah, very much so. But not good enough because Queensland would finish last this season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, tough titties. (laughs) This this season would also be Nofke's last for Queensland, where he's basically he was moved on and told they didn't really need him, so he went to Perth. So he went over to Perth and played seven more Shield games before he retired. <laughs> so he had this amazing breakout, like crazy year, and then what? was fucking gone seven games later. Like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. So that's real weird. Yeah, but he's another one of those boys. Like, they talked about it earlier on. Like I said, they how gave, did he do in those seven games? Yeah, I didn't really look at it to be honest, Alex. But obviously not very good. Yeah. But he was getting on by this stage. Like, he was getting yeah. older by this stage. But he's another one of those boys. Well, they, well, they get stuck into John Moss because he come in at, like, number 27. He's a bit of a no-name. Not many people, really, that aren't cricket nuffies would know who the fuck Ashley Nofke was. And he was around squads and everything for a long time in the te- in the yeah, cricket Australia makeup. But he played, like, yeah. he played T20s and some one-days as well. So Yeah, I think he played... One T20 and one one day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he played in the T20 where they wore the grey with the yellow vest. Fucking... Uh, oh, idiot. Because that was the photo yeah. they fucking used. One of the photos they used in the article. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there wasn't like... No offence to Ashley, but it wasn't too much interesting in his article, so I didn't really write too much on him. So. Yeah, fuck But it's, um, it's a pretty yeah, good fucking fuck season. Ashley. So, um, Ashley. Yeah, so good on him. So number two, we moved down... <laughs> So we're not going to worry about it. We're just going to move on. So number two, we, ah, hit, up, we hit up um, Las Vegas, res- current Las not Vegas this. resident, former Victorian resident, former Tasmanian resident, Colin Miller, who at, the, at this time was playing for Tassie in the 1997-98 season. Mm. He would play 11 matches and he would take 67 wickets at 24 and a half with five fifers and best figures of 12 for 119. So this is the most wickets in a single shield season. He also bowled 598 overs that season as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Miller basically adopted off spin to complement his medium pace during this season, which is what would lead to him being selected for Australia's tour of Pakistan in 1998. His match figures of 12 for 119 remain the best figures all time in a match for a Tasmanian bowler. So, Colin Miller's a very fucking interesting cat. So, he developed his off-spin while playing winter cricket in the Netherlands. So, he, right. would, go, he would go over there, like a bit like Big Dirk Nannis, and play 
like in their season over there, which was winter here. And he basically got over there and he just decided one season, like he was going to bolt off his as well as medium pace. And he would essentially like one like session a week. He, when he went in the nets, he would bowl nothing but off spin. Like he talked to the, like they had a, apparently they had a, like a Sri Lankan guy or something at the club he was at. I think he was a decent off spinner who would help teach him and, you know, deliveries and all that type of stuff. And then he went to the, I think it was Booney was captain of Tassie at the time and said, I've been working on this. So that way we don't have to pick a spinner and me. We can pick me and I can do both jobs and we, it frees us up. And rah, rah, and he'd been bowling. And he, so Booney let him bowl in the nets and was said, yeah, okay. And they let him use it in a game, which basically led to his entire Australian career coming out of him just going in the Netherlands. I want to try bowling off spin as well and see what happens. So yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's an amazing article to read. He was so confident that yeah. he could play for Australia. Mm. And he was 33 or something, been bowling medium pace. Well, not that fast. He's not that tall. And he just saw, he said he saw that Gavin Robinson was picked basically out of grade cricket to be the spinner with Shane Warne on the India tour of um, March 98. And he thought he was a bit stiff there. And then, lo and behold, the next tour they did six months later, October 98, he was in Pakistan. Yeah. So, just a supreme confidence in his own ability. So he, even though he's just a dog of a medium pacer. So he decided yeah, to change to bowl spin. Yep. Mm. To play for Australia. That was the aim. Yes, that's why his theory was. Yeah, his theory was that like when you read the article, he basically says my medium pace was good enough to get me picked for Australia, but Mm. there was blokes ahead of me, so I wasn't getting picked. So he basically said, if I can can become a spinner as well, I can take two jobs, and they'll pick me because then they have a second spinner if they need one. It just like yeah, okay. And as a thirty, like you said, he's like thirty-two, thirty-three-year-old. Then to decide, right, I'm going to take up this other discipline. And within the space of fucking six months in the Netherlands and then another fucking three or four months in Australia, in like bowling it in Australia, he's fucking, he's in the, he's in the discussion to play for, to play test cricket. Like, Off is pretty fucking easy though, aren't they, Mick, really? Just chuck yeah, them up well, and see you go. Yeah, well, that's fucking hell, mate. Like fucking, I've taken a hundred wickets in about easiest two fucking years of them, so it's not that fucking hard. <laughs> easiest <laughs> thing to do with cricket is bowl right up fucking offies. Just throw them up and let dickheads get themselves out. Just set fields and they fucking Don't even need them. to turn. Easy to do to put cricket. a revolution on the mate, ball. You I just reckon, set it down and it doesn't even spin. Yeah, I reckon I turn three. At 11, here. don't bowl. Fucking, that's it. What are we up to? One. We're up to number one now. So, <laughs> yep. So, number one, and this is a pretty decent season, so it's hard to go past it. But is, <laughs> it is. is uh, Simon Cadditch, who obviously plays hmm. who at the time was in New South Wales. This was the 07 08 season. So, this was after his first bout of Test cricket, but before the second bout, which would see him strangle Michael Clark. So, this was the in between. Yes. This is what got him back in the side to give him the opportunity to strangle Michael Clark. So, kudos <laughs> to him for fucking really taking advantage Jeez. of that. He worked so, hard for it, didn't yeah. he, Mick? Really? <laughs> yes, Gim. And this was like Funky Miller um, bowling spin to get back in. He was like, oh, I'm, how do I get to be able to strangle Michael Clark? So what do I need to do? Okay, <laughs> I need to of runs. Yeah. 
All righty. So Big Cato played 11 matches that year. So he played the whole season. He made 1,506 runs at 94.13. He would make five tons and his high score was 306. It was something like that was like, that was like the first shield 300 at the SCG in like 40 years or something as well. Something like that. So heading into the Christmas break, Cadditch would have 878 runs at 109.75. So he slowed down after Christmas. It's fair to say. Yeah, he dropped off, didn't he? A little bit. Yeah. So Cadditch would finish the season uh, 498 cool. runs ahead of the next highest run scorer, which was Victoria's Jesus. David Hussey, who made 1,008. So, so Hussey's there going, I've had, pretty, yeah, on. Hussey's there going oh, I've had a pretty fucking good year here for the Vicks. 1,000 runs, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Cadditch has made 498 runs more. <laughs> Fucking hell Goes along along to the fucking league night Thinking oh I might get a trophy here Fucking nah I'm a sniff here I'm a sniff (laughs) (laughs) It's great I'm looking at the Instagram now of this post With the Simon Cadditch season And about 15 blokes have tagged Michael Clark in it (laughs) 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 So good but yeah, uh, so like this is like one of those just this is a like I said like obviously he's the first player in the history of Shield cricket to make fifteen hundred runs and like he's like all kinds of like records and things like that. So it's surprising actually he didn't make more tons to be honest. Like he was in that type of form, but um, making three hundred is pretty fucking good. But like yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. but um, Dude, yeah, probably saw like this is the season that probably saw him because he he was a bit of a um. Nicker and Nudger at the start of his career. And this probably saw him turn into a little bit more of a, um, not cavalier, but a little bit more aggressive and attacking um, opener. Yeah. Like he really did start to punish anything that was loose without being ridiculous. And really, that's what obviously saw him really amp it up. So, and like we said, this got him back in the test side where he would go on to have a pretty fucking good second half of his test career as well until he decided that Michael Cloaks um, needed a throat massage one night after a test match. But, you know, we've all been there, so that's all right. But, yeah. Didn't he um, – didn't, uh, wasn't um, Cadditch's last test that disastrous Ashes series in Australia where we lost – when Ali Cook made 700 runs or whatever. Yeah, it probably and he was. And Watto were – he and Watto were opening the batting and – Australia were like two for seven and Kadic got run out. And as he got run out, he did his Achilles tendon. <laughs> oh. Pretty sure. That does sound fucking familiar. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just fun to say that Strangling Clark yeah. ended his test career because it's more it's a fucking... disaster. But yeah. yeah. Mm. So there's some good stuff with this season, Mick. Um, yes. Bull. New South Wales won the title undefeated. Oh. So they won their 44th title undefeated. He also scored in the final, 86 and 92. <laughs> That's why he didn't make enough hundreds, because yeah. he always went out 86 and 92. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he got um, recalled for the national team in May for the Tour of West Indies, where he proceeded to make 113, 157 in the second and third tests. So yeah. he's having a pretty good, good year for him. Yeah. My word. So that's it. Like, like the opposite like, of Maddie Elliott. Yeah. So Kadich and Nofke's two seasons that we talked about at one and three, that's the same season, 07, 08. So you got one bloke brains it because his teammates come along with him, goes undefeated and wins the fucking whole thing. The other bloke brains it, no one else does any good and they come fucking last. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
but yeah, so it's uh, yeah, so Caddo um tops off that list. So that's the end of the thirty for thirty. So it's been a bit of a bumper episode, but I always, I thought like stuff like this interests me. Like I'm a bit of a cricket stats nerd, so I always like to see how things um go like this. But there's some lies there. Like if you can, if you got some time on your hands, hit up the Cricket Australia website and read the last five articles because they're actually really really good. Yeah, Guinea. Mm. It's probably one of the best things social media-wise that Cricket Australia have done, in my yep. opinion. Yep. Um, like normally, they just post a fucking, oh, on this day last year, Cummins got rude out with that. You know, it's the same shit yeah. over and over again. Saturday, and over again and yeah, and smile with <laughs> us and all that. Elite honesty. Yeah, yeah post yeah. with us. Yeah. Seed so, of the day. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's fucking normally shit. And, yeah, yeah, but this is like really interesting. And like yeah. you can see these, like, you were saying before the Ashley Nofke thing, I had fucking no memory of it, you know, and it was like, it's good to see those sort of like bit part players that in yeah. your memory anyway, that it had these amazing seasons. Joe Sliding Doors, for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, greatest contribution to comedy on this podcast. <laughs> oh, probably. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think, like, I'm a bit like Bull, but I think probably Bevo could have slotted up to... I can I can understand Colin Miller too, but maybe Bevo could have slotted ahead to Ashley Nofke because that's a pretty fucking amazing season too, old Bevo. Yeah, some um, good seasons, yeah. though. I think the only ones that stand out was... The think- Alex Carey one was a bit weird. Chris Hartley's way too fucking high as well. I get they broke the dismissal record, but for guys that, you know, average 30 and that's the only other thing they did of note, they're fucking way too high yeah. on the list. When you got like Chris Rogers, like I said, makes 1,100 runs and is down at fucking 27 or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a few blokes that are a bit stiff, but that's the way these things work. It's all about how you how you view a particular stat and we obviously don't view that particular stat all that highly. Cricket Australia does. That's so. the way we view it's right. Yeah, well, that's true as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> objectively right. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Science <laughs> has said that our view is right. So. <laughs> uh, uh, Alrighty, so that's us just about. Potty, that anyway. is us just about done. For before we finish off, but we'll head over to Ross for Ross's final thought. Oh no! Just a final thought from me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> District Cricket Association update. They're looking Ooh. for more umpires. So if you're at a loose end and you live anywhere within regional Victoria and can wear a mask for six hours in a row. And be 78 job years for you old. And, and mm. count to six. Yeah. There's a job for you. But cash in hand, I believe. Mm. Nice. I hear the uh, more boring your stories are, the higher the grades you get to umpire. Yeah, so. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and if you also have one of those irritating personalities where you feel you need to talk to everyone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Doing a bit, mate. Shut up, mate. I'm flat out just trying to hit it. I don't want to talk to you. Well, you know what? Bold leg spin back in the day. I don't care, yeah. mate. I'm playing fucking cricket. If you're a good bloke and are like just, uh, you know, normal sort of presence out there, you'd see great. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not trying to take control of the game and make it about you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a 60 year old bloke with a good enough personality you're still playing fourth grade somewhere you're not fucking up for it that's true yeah. that's a good point <laughs> uh. alright I think that just about winds us up anyone else got anything they'd like to chip in before we sign off no, no. to Donald put into the local community and help Frederick yeah. Harrell Frederick Harrell buy yourself some socks hit us up on Redbubble we've got Masks and t-shirts and hoodies and no hats and no stubby holders, but so don't try yes. to get one of them. Red tube. 
Uh, yep, hit up that. Hit us, hit us up on Tinder and Grinder and Instagram, and I think we're on OnlyFans now as well. So try and find us on there. Are we? Double shake your booty on a daily basis for, for some coin. We're on okay. um, Alphabet Soup and Periscope, so hit us up on those Ooh, as well. Fuck. Oh, nice. All righty. So thanks to our sponsors over at the Frederick Harold Sock Company. As we've said, hit them up for all your sock yep. needs. Help out the local Donald community where they're doing good work. Alrighty, thanks for listening and see you later. And there will be no outro music. Suck it, Denzel. See ya.